This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. everybody welcome to terror talk with shannon and kathy hello hello today on the show we're going to talk about casey anthony where the truth lies which is a three-part three and a half hour total tv miniseries that i believe is on peacock just in case you don't know about this for the first time on camera casey anthony sat down to share her side of the story since her culture-defining trial and acquittal 11 years ago. And the first thing that one notices when watching this documentary is that it's definitely telling her story and it's crafted to convince you. It has an agenda of convincing you that she is innocent. As a lot of true crime documentaries will do, they take a point of view. You know, doc, people think documentaries are truth, right. but, but they're... They're media just like everything else. It's like reading a news story or anything else. There isn't, and, and it's even worse because there's an objective mm-hmm. and there's an agenda. It's like when we all used to watch the Michael Moore documentaries back in the day. Oh yeah. And everybody thought that, you know, that was truth. You get, you get zealots kind of signing on and whether I agree with Michael Moore in those documentaries or not is beside the point. Right. He has an agenda mm-hmm. and he's, and he's giving it to you. So that's the kind of the first thing you notice about this is like, okay, it's beautifully shot. There's money behind it. She looks great. You know, she looks well put together and healthy, all of that. And so I see what I'm sitting down for. Mm-hmm. But the interviews, I guess we could just start with what we thought about the doc in general. In general. It was interesting. I mean, I, I definitely felt three episodes was enough. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, and I felt like they did give us a lot of information. And they gave us, although I do agree that it was the purpose was to make her look innocent. I don't know if they achieved that. Um, so in that way, I do feel like I was left being able to to make up my own mind. And I don't always feel that way when I watch documentaries, sure. whether that was their intention or not. Maybe like a court of law where it's, it's, it's what they did in the case is they just put in so much doubt that she couldn't be convicted. Yeah. And that's kind of what this documentary does, right? It, it, or I mean, for some people, some people don't doubt her at all. They they think she's a murderer. So yeah, and and other people watched this and went, oh, and then other people watched this and went, it's the patriarchy and mm-hmm. she's innocent and everything. So. It was definitely a mood, and there were a lot yeah. of different, you know, over the what I what I did like about it is in episode one they do a good job at. I feel whether it was intentional or or not, they do a good job at setting her up to make her look like an unlikable pathological liar. Yes. And we'll talk about whether you and I believe that, but I think that they set that up. And then in episode two, they do a good job at making you go, oh, see what they did there. 
that they did that intentional so I could start to feel sorry for her in episode two. And then by episode three, you're all confused again. And now we've got, you know, dad stuff interwoven in that. And then just their whole family system. So then you kind of go back to this place of, okay, what is going on? What did go on? Which is why this was one of the most complicated cases. I mean, to this day, her attorney really believes in her innocence so much that he has hired her to work with him. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I thought that this was a solid true crime Mm -hmm. drama, I would call it, because I have, I think over the years, we've kind of developed our own criteria of what makes a true crime doc watchable or interesting to ourselves. And for me, it was well-made and well-crafted. And by crafted, I mean it like what you're describing. It took you on that arc. It played with your emotions. It had you, uh, it kind of, it yanked you to one side and the other, depending on what you were watching. The other thing that I think makes a successful true crime documentary these days is when they have, it involves the major players in the story. Mm -hmm. So having it be Casey Anthony for the Casey Anthony documentary, and she's 75% of this documentary she's in, she's in every, almost every shot, uh, whether it's historical shots or current shots and interviews, and then having her, uh, lawyers and all of that. The only thing that would have made it slightly better if they could get her parents, but obviously her parents are being very vilified in this. So they, yeah. didn't, they didn't really go there. But so those are the things I thought make it, make it well-made and, uh, and worth a watch is the, and I Agreed. do think, I do think that like three was good and three wasn't too long. Either. No, it wasn't. In yeah. fact, it, it bring a lot of times when you get to episode three, it just feels like it's rehashing more yeah, of one and falls, two. Yeah, it falls flat. It does. You're like, okay, we didn't really need an episode three, but episode <laughs> three was loaded. Yeah. And what I think um, I liked the most about episode three, it was really more about justice for Kaylee, for the little girl, right. and looking at whether you're on the side of Casey or on the side of her parents or on nobody's side. Episode three is is really about everybody being on the side of that little girl and, mm-hmm. and knowing that she her life and the, and what happened to her is so devastating. I mean, she was, she became somebody's object. We don't know whose Mm -hmm. we can probably guess. Maybe there's a combination as far as I'm concerned. I've always thought from the beginning that Casey and her dad both knew. Mm -hmm. And because of their relationship, because I don't rule out the fact that she was abused. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that both can be true. Mm -hmm. She can be a murderer and she was abused or she can be innocent and she was abused. Yeah. So I do think that episode three to me felt more of like us really having to sit in that space of that little girl and knowing that she wasn't ever really give every, everything about her death was theater. Mm -hmm. It was all politicized. And that to me is tragic for for her being so young. She was used Mm -hmm. to make other people look better. Um, And no one ever will really know. I don't think what happened to her and it's sad. Yeah, when watching this, so I didn't I didn't originally get caught up in this trial or watch it mm-hmm. when it was first going on. I think you did. I did. I watched it. I I think I watched it from the very beginning because I remember seeing this young woman and I was intrigued by that because we don't see that. Mm-hmm. And I think I was if I if I know the year right. Do you remember it was it 2014 or something? It was 11 years ago. 11 years ago. She yeah. was convicted, so it would have been like the year prior. 
So 11 years ago, you're thinking, yeah, I was probably like beginning my forensic studies and Mm -hmm. stuff too. So I was like really, really intrigued by seeing this demographic. And so I did follow her trial. And to her point, she really didn't have a narrative. The media really made the narrative of her that entire time. And it was very easy to believe that she was a complete mess and a sociopath and all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of all the lying, I think, is yeah. what ended up happening is she just lied right out of the gate and then lied all the way through the questioning and, and through the trial and was still lying and, and all it's of like, that. what's your motivation for that much lying? And you can't say trauma. You can't, even though that is the reason. I know. It's either that she's a psychopath and she killed her daughter, which is obviously one theory, one theory mm-hmm. that she was not convicted of. Mm-hmm. Or her part of her story that's about the trauma, meaning that she was sexually abused and raped by her father from a young age and then sexually abused by her brother, which if that story is true, would possibly mean that the brother was also sexually abused by dad. And that's where he learned it just in the statistics. That's what we would see that the brother then would start perpetrating against the easiest prey Mm -hmm. to quote unquote practice on while he was working out his sexuality that was messed up. We don't know that obviously that's just based on, but that would be a a general logical trajectory, right? It's something a therapist would put a red flag on and go investigate the parents sort of, thoughtfulness about both kids being involved but so if that part is true then the lying that she always had to do or the grooming that happened with her father would make sense in this and i think that's what this documentary is trying to say right and that's what she's trying to say is that she never says that in the doc really but you make these logical they lead you down a path to make those conclusions of this is why she was a big fat liar and this is why she was hiding and, and all of that, which can be true. Mm -hmm. And she can still have killed her daughter. She learned, I mean, for according to her in this documentary is she learned that lying was how she stayed safe. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it became just a conditional response for her. And then knowing that she had to protect her abuser when her daughter died, there were some things that didn't add up to me just knowing that like she knew her father, you know, she's talked about her father being a sex offender and an incest offender and all of that. Yet she would take naps with her daughter with the door unlocked. And, and to me, like my first thought is that would be a conditional thing as an adult. Then is your go-to every time you went into a bedroom would be to lock the door. Just even if the father wasn't in the home, you would have that sort of defense mechanism, you know, typically, again, this is a generalization. I'm just strictly profiling here. When you think about someone who's endured some sort of physical trauma, it's likely that they're going to be very hyper vigilant. And the fact that she was still living there and sleeping with the door unlocked and it felt very comfortable so much that she didn't even wake up when her daughter was taken from the bed I mean, I know when my dog like barely sneezes in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and so I'm not trying to be accusatory. It's just, those are certain little things when I think of trauma brain, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, that's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And I just kind of were, you know, you're watching it and this is what happens when you watch true crime documentaries and you don't know the answer is that you start to make up alternative theories that would, would work with that. 
And a couple of the things that I thought of in those moments were that the abuse might have still been happening, even as an adult. In other words, her father still might have been abusing Casey, meaning yeah. as an adult, and or she was taking medication at night and sleeping. So, but I also understand what you're saying. About, this was middle of the day, though. I just mean. Yeah. I hear you. If she was taking any kind of medication, yeah. opiates or anything like that to mm-hmm. relax or nap or whatever. And like I said, these are not things that I know happened. I don't know anything about the right. case. It's just when I think of like, okay, what could make me leave the door open if your theory is correct? What would make me leave the door open still is if he was, if I was still being abused, I mean, yeah. or raped or whatever by my own father and, and, participating in that because i'm still living you know i don't know like right. why is she still going over there i guess for the mom i don't know like that it you're right it doesn't make any logical sense but mm-hmm. then you and i talk a lot about how trauma does trauma victims their decision making doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense yeah it could go either way for sure and and yeah it isn't linear it comes out little bits at a time you know brother was the safer disclosure in court right mm-hmm um, because there was a lot of speculation around why she didn't talk about her father this way sure. in court, which that adds up for me because I don't think that makes her guilty at all because that could have been just self-preservation and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there was an interesting point about the father, though, and why he would be so adamant to send his daughter to the death penalty. And I thought that was a really interesting piece, and I like that they they talked about that they had interviewed the friend or whatever. And um, when he was like, I need to take a minute, this is, this is a lot to think about where, you know, if the father was innocent, then wouldn't he have been up there trying to explain that she was ill or she was sick or, and this is not, you know, he was very like, I didn't do this. And I'm testifying to the point, knowing that my daughter could go to the death penalty, that that was a really interesting piece when we're thinking about the father and his motive for how he approached yeah. His it, testimony. It was an interesting piece. And they obviously made that a huge plot point in the documentary mm-hmm. where then she sort of, you know, that's when she starts, she starts to cry and freak out about it and all of that. So they make it a, a an emotional plot point for us when that happens as if it's a big revelation. And for me, it, I thought in conversation with others about this, it was like, well, wasn't that in the trial when he did that, wasn't that right after she started accusing him and doing all that? And then I, you know, I imagine then he got into a shame, you know, if he's more narcissistic, he got into a shame thing about what she was accusing him of and denying it. And then he probably got angry and then was saying like death penalty, get rid of her, whatever. But then it's also like, if the theory is, I felt like it was a, like it was reactive him Mm -hmm. doing that. So it didn't, I could be interpreting that wrong, but for me, it wasn't like, why is everybody freaking out about this? Because I thought like, that seems like a reaction of somebody who's as sick as we think he might be. Mm -hmm. But then also if we go with any kind of theory where he's involved, it makes, it also makes sense, right? Like any kind of theory where he's involved, if, if he in some way participated with killing Kaylee or getting rid of the body or whatever it is, or was abusing her too. Like any of the theories that they're putting forth that we're supposed to believe 
then it also makes sense that he would then want Casey gone too. Yeah. Because that's the... That's the wit, you know, if any part of this is true, where for a month she was keeping her dad's secret or whatever this shit is, like, that makes sense that he would want her to die. Well, and that's what, that's where my mind automatically went. I think that's where our yeah. minds were supposed to go. Yeah. That's, the, that's really what mm -hmm. they're setting up for us to believe, um, whether I believe it or not. Is, yeah. You know, that's just where my, you know. Yeah, for sure. But also, you know, the one thing we also knew or know about him is he was a detective. Mm -hmm. And so he would have known what to do and what not to do. If we're going from that theory that he's involved. And again, yeah. I'm not married to any theory in this. Me neither. I haven't investigated this story enough. I've followed it, but it's been years since I've looked at it. If we're just looking at it from this documentary, as a detective, he maybe would have stopped home and used her computer. Yeah, or he maybe, would have known know, all he that. He would have known how to do all that. And it's very possible that, you know, they're setting up a case, a theory, whatever, like good lawyers do that he was involved. So mm -hmm. he may or may not have been involved. He passed away, didn't he? I don't remember. I think he may have. Uh, I know he got in a car crash or whatever. They talked about that in the mm -hmm. doc, but I don't, I don't know what happened after that. I also feel like one big issue and the reason why we may never know unless somebody confesses is that it doesn't feel like there's a motive anywhere. Well, the only motive that I, and it's not a strong one, right? because she had help, the only motive that they tried to present was that she was young and didn't want to be a mother, and this was the quickest way. But to me, that is such an oversimplification. And there's other things that, unless she just is a psychopath, there are other ways that she could have managed still being young and being a mother, so I agree with you. There wasn't any solid, you know, that was the, that was their strongest motive. And to me, I, that's just not convincing enough. Not a huge motive for dad either. Mm -mm. So that's where this whole thing really f is very difficult to me to prove in any way, shape or form is because the motives aren't strong. You know how a lot of these cases there's like these motives come forward, well, but I think that's why they prefaced that it could have been an accident. And yeah. I mean that it, it both, no matter who had the accident, you know, whether yeah. it was dad or Casey or somebody else that we haven't, that we don't even know about because lots of crimes are super freaking random. Or she was drowned in the pool and nobody wants to tell the real story or whatever. I don't, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, Casey's narrative on that was if if he was molesting her the way that he molested me, he may have suffocated her. Yeah, that was the lawyer in that mm -hmm. <laughs> gripping last few moments. They're like, oh, well, that would be an interesting mm -hmm. theory. The lawyer is hilarious. Yeah. Like, oh, hmm. That would be an interesting theory if, you know, he was molesting her and, oh, oh, he suffocated you? Oh, well, then he might. Yeah, that, that little dialogue was interesting. It, it felt very strange. Well, it was edited, you know. Yeah. I, I could see what they were doing there. Um, but also, good lawyers present good other theories of the crime in order to say there's too much doubt. She's still innocent because of... Mm -hmm. The, there being too much doubt, but here we are, we're going to present this very personal story of hers and let you get to know her as a human, hypothetically. I think that based on everything we're talking about right now, if I had to just make a gut guess, because there isn't a strong motive on either side, 
I still believe it was an accident and they covered her body. And I think that they both knew and there was an animosity between them. There was like a really complicated relationship there. Whether dad and whether dad ended up helping her and then got, then she blamed him. And so he turned against her or dad killed her and whatever. I still think the only thing that makes sense to me is based, manslaughter instead yeah, of murder is based on based on the very little information I know. Yeah. Manslaughter would make the most sense to me. It's all I can see why she didn't get convicted of murder because mm-hmm. it's all we it's all we really have from what's being presented. And I mean, you watch the trial, so you have a little bit more information than I do. But it's been years though from from what I know, and then I read a few articles and stuff after watching the documentary to try to see what the culture was sort of saying. And most people, you know, the court of public opinion, most people are like, yep, she killed her daughter. I mean, they just come yeah, out of it very, of very still not liking her, still not appreciating the the manhandling of the media that's, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But uh, I can tell you that if I didn't know anything about the case or maybe if I wasn't psychologically minded about it or wasn't familiar with trauma or trauma informed stuff, I, I think it would have been a very powerful, like I might believe her kind of moment. Oh, for sure. I think it's very well done in that way. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not really critical of these types of things and you're also not quick to think everybody's a murderer like <laughs> some people watching true crime die oh i totally did it you know yeah if you're not going off hack cock like that i feel like it could be very it, it was very convincing emotionally in that way but i don't like i look at it having watched a lot of this kind of stuff and i'm just too cynical i guess and the trauma really plays a part yeah. in her ability to lie to me. Oh, 100%. So I can't believe her. No. You want me to, but I can't. And know? now all of a sudden she has reclaimed her, I used to lie about everything, which is now why I'm so honest about everything. I mean, that's just laced with lies. Such garbage. I feel, and I said this before you and I started recording today, that I had a very different feeling watching the Amanda Knox than I did mm. watching this one okay and again this is all gut this is why in forensic work you can't just interview someone you need a lot of evidence because i'm going based on just my gut and i could be wrong i mean basic biopsych assessments i can tell you that i do constantly and supervise them it's the same yeah it's the same situation you can't just go by the interviews and you can't just go by the paperwork because the paperwork that i get these people look awful on paper and then you know, on paper, Jesus, but then you got to interview them at the moment, that moment in time. And it's That's right. usually quite different. So. Yeah. You got to look at all the history and how that, if it all is relevant to yeah. the present, but then also the opposite is true because her MMPI was unremarkable. There was nothing notable, but we know that psychopaths can pass that. So, you know, it's such a complicated, but watching this compared to watching Amanda Knox, I didn't hesitate to believe that Amanda was innocent. Whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. But I, again, we went through motive, and you know, the we did that a few seasons ago. It was a, it was a great episode to do because the first time you and I, I think, had watched 
anything like this that involved a female and really mm-hmm. broke this down. So I'm only really, you know, unfortunately, there's only so many to compare because there aren't that many women. Mm-hmm. But it was much, much, much harder for me to believe Casey and it felt very scripted and it felt, and obviously it was, it was a doc, but I don't mean it that way. I just didn't believe her. Yeah. And I think that is the takeaway for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people, especially if you have any kind of history interviewing people with complex trauma and or pure psychopathy. They kind of come off the same. Yeah. So that's why you're cert- like, that's why it's kind of an and or they could be both be true. Yeah. She could have developed criminal psychopathic behaviors, which obviously we talk about a lot in our series from ha- sustaining that trauma, mm-hmm. you know, or she's lying like about that? the whole thing. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, I, don't know. I know it's, it's, it, there's, it's too ambiguous yeah too ambiguous and that's kind of like what i'm saying about the motives too it's too ambiguous there's not enough there so i see why she uh was found innocent Mm -hmm. because of all those things if you look at it from a legal standpoint beyond a reasonable doubt it wasn't no there they didn't have it they didn't have it thank you so there it is Thank you so much for listening to our show today. And we hope you go check out the Casey Anthony documentary. Maybe most of you have, if you're listening to this, uh, I, I will be putting, you know, spoilers in the title. So either you don't want to watch it or you have watched it is the reason why you listen to this. And we would love to hear your opinions. So thanks so much for listening. This has been an episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.